TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 95.7 The Game presents Warriors World Radio. Featuring the one and only Andy Liu. Grow up. Yeah, you, grow up. And Sam Esfandiari. So, who are you? Why do I got to talk to you? This is Warriors World Radio. On 95.7, the game. Warriors World Radio, this is what? The funeral episode. Sam, did you write your eulogy yet? Don't say that. Actually. The end of the dynasty, did you write that? (laughs) Flowers, writing it out. Got the coffin up. You know, the the impression I've got from fans is kind of a mixture of pride and and sadness over the injuries, the way it ended. I haven't heard anyone upset that they lost. I've just heard a lot of fans who are proud of how much fight they they showed and just kind of sad for what happened to KD and Clay. Like, you don't wish that on anyone. Now they're both likely out for all of next year. The the people are sad about the injuries, uh, more so than I think about the loss of a championship. I think, I mean, they go hand in hand, obviously, but... Yeah, I mean, you're right. A lot of the people that I've, I mean, all, I think we grow up with all Warriors fans. All of our friends are Warriors fans most most of the time. Correct. People are not saying, oh, you know, maybe if they were healthy, they would have won or this or that or we choked or whatever. It's more of like, man, Durant's going to be out a year. Clay's going to be out a year. But they fought more than I think really any other team would have fought in this series, in this postseason, uh, getting this you know, this this team all the way to a, a chance to take it to a Game 7 in the NBA Finals. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, I feel like when you're, uh, your team loses, you're always asking yourself, what if they did this? Yeah. What if they did that? And when the Warriors lost Game 6 to close out Oracle, I had none of those questions. All I was thinking about was they they legitimately gave it everything they had, including two key players giving their bodies. Um, there was there was nothing else to give. Clay was dealing with yeah. a hamstring issue to the point where his knee gave out. KD, I mean, trying to come back in that game five and aggravating the Achilles and rupturing it. Oh. I mean, I don't even know what to say. We could we could go down the line too, Sam. Like, let's go. We're not even talking about players just dealing with nur- nursing, you know, nagging injuries. That's exactly what I'm like. Boogie. Right, he's got the torn quad. He's also coming off the Achilles. He's obviously not moving great. Gave us all. We've got Steph, who's playing through that uh, finger dislocation. We got Andre Iguodala, who scored almost thirty points on a sore calf. Um, that almost took him out a few games. Uh, we got a bunch of bench players. Well, Kevon Looney. Let's talk about Kevon Looney, who played through a broken whatever it was in his collarbone. An right. injury, which I still am not <laughs> quite sure what it was. It sounded painful, but the way it was diagnosed was something I'd never heard of. It was torn cartilage around the Ugh. collarbone. I mean, God. game five, some of the faces he was making after he was, you know, obviously um, dealing with contact, as you will, when you're, you're a big man yeah. inside. I was yeah. just like, get him out of there. <laughs> you know, like how, but 
I, I don't know what else to say about them at this point. Nope, nope. And you got Draymond Green who grabbed 20 rebounds in an elimination game against Gasol, Ibaka, Kawhi, right? Draymond, who's about 6'5 out there, who who was just a monster on the boards. And then you got Quinn Cook, who <laughs> he tried his best. It wasn't great, but he tried. I think he played well above what I would have expected him to. No one expected Quinn Cook to be basically the second best scorer on the floor in, the, in an elimination game of the finals, <laughs> but that's what we were down to. Yep, yep. It, it, that was the only option at that point. And you were at the game, Sam. I, I, I didn't show up because, you know, my followers said, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm bad luck. You know, yeah, how was the crowd? Your, your track record, um, you took one for the team. I know you wanted to be there, but sometimes you have to, you have to think bigger <laughs> picture. It's not always about Andy. It's about the, it's about the whole fan base. It's about the masses. Uh, I thought it was a great crowd. I thought it was a throwback crowd. I thought they were loud the whole way through. I thought they knew they sensed the moment. They knew it was the last game there when the Warriors started the game down. Uh, were they down 08 or 010? Yeah. Uh, some, something to that extent. They were getting louder, encouraging the team. The minute Clay hit a couple of shots to start going. I mean, it, it was a crowd that knew this was the last game at Oracle and what was going on. Yeah, fantastic uh, uh, performance by the crowd. I, I think a fantastic performance by the team. Too. I, I think one of the better, probably one of the best efforts in games from the team this year at Oracle. It hasn't been the greatest Oracle performance by the Warriors this year, but that last game was everything you'd ever wanted. It was straight out of the movies, you know, outside of the the happy ending, right? Yeah, it was. A, I mean, the crowd had been getting a little entitled over the years, and you know that's expected when you win three titles, you go to the finals five years in a row. Um, but the crowd was able to dial it back when they knew the team needed it. In game six. And I don't I don't know what else you can say about that. Nope. Nope. Well, let's set the show. Sam, Warriors World Radio. Sam is Findiari. Andy Liu. Uh, we're on for three hours. So it's 4.05 right now. We're on until 7 p.m. We've got three guests. We've got Drew Schiller, uh, Warriors Outsider. He's on TV. Played at Stanford. Uh, coming on at 4.15. Dominated the media game. MVP of the media game, Drew Schiller. <laughs> oh, he did. That's right. Well, he's cheating. He's an actual player. So that was unfair. Uh, we got Zach Harper at 5.15 in the second hour. From The Athletic. Yep, yep. Uh, and then we've got Mo Docchio. Uh, is it Washington Post? Washington Post. Um, what? What else? Blue Wire. Yeah. Blue He's Wire. out there. Uh, he, Mo's one of my favorite people to check out after a game because he always has the best video breakdowns. He he did video uh, scouting coordinating for someone too, right? For the Clippers and the Spurs. Yeah. So yeah. he actually knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Unlike me and Sam, we're just here spouting stuff, you know. <laughs> um, so call in 888-957-9570. Text into the Chilton Auto Body text line 95795. Uh, Father's Day today, uh, good day. It's also like 50. Well, last week we were on, and I was whining about the weather the whole time. It is absolutely freezing right now. Yeah, we're back to San Francisco weather in the studio. Um, I'm The rest of the Bay Area has kind of cooled down. Uh, I guess we got what we wished for, right? <laughs> we got what we wished for. At least in that in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, the fog is back. So um yeah, well back to the Warriors. Where I mean, where do we even begin? I want to start with uh something I saw in the SF Chronicle today. Um someone bought an ad, uh father and a son, uh Kip and Reese Terrio. And if I mispronounce that, please call in and correct me. Is that Ryan Terrio's is that any relation, Carl? No, okay. Sam, go Carl, ahead. Sam. Carl doesn't know. Yeah. Anyway, the ad read, definition of a warrior, a person who shows great vigor, courage, a brave fighter. 
Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson, you're the definition of a warrior. The city, the town, and all of Dub Nation is inspired by your passion for playing the game and competing with your team. We wish you and your families confidence in your recovery, and we believe in you. Um, I think that sums up everything I've heard from the fan base over the last 72 hours since, uh, since Thursday night. But I'd be curious. Call in, 888-957-9570, and let Andy and I know what your thoughts are at the end of the season, kind of the disappointing ending. Are you proud of the team? How you feel? Obviously, the season ends with a couple devastating injuries. I really can't think of a team who's gone through a week like the Warriors have. Uh, I think back to Monday night. We're getting word KD's playing. Uh, I was texting with you, Andy, and we're kind of excited. Like, you know, they could come back 3-1. KD's going to turn the series. And then he gets hurt after scoring 11 in 12 minutes. Yeah. And uh, they end up winning that game. But obviously the bigger story is he's ruptured his Achilles and he's going to be out a year, and it's kind of a conflicting <laughs> feeling. And then you go to the last game at Oracle, and I was able to kind of put that away just for those two to three hours of the game. And Clay was playing. I thought that was the best I've ever seen Clay Thompson play. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it wasn't just he was making shots. He makes shots. That's what he does. The variety of shots, the defensive plays, I mean, some of that stuff was – ridiculous yeah. pulling up from 30 yeah. with two defenders draped all over him fast break um some of those shots were insane and then he goes down and i mean i can't think of a team who's had two players suffer essentially year-long injuries in back-to-back games much less in the last week of the season yeah back-to-back games in the nba finals too and we're not talking about like just some normal star players. This is Kevin Durant, right? This is a top 10 all-time NBA player. And Klay Thompson, who is an all-time elimination game player. One of the best guys that you want on your team if you are about to lose a series. There's nobody better than Klay Thompson. And they lost both of them. So, you're right. I'm with you, Sam. I do want to hear what the people think. Because um, you know, I think the, the people are sad, but I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I think people are proud. Um, of the way this team fought, just just like in that. Draymond Green after Game Six said he's a warrior, and obviously that's you know no pun intended with that, but it's no other way to describe him. Uh, you know he's going to give everything he got every time he step on the floor, and even some things that he don't have, uh, which is health. He was going to try to give him more. That's just who he is. Um, that's why we love him. Yeah, Draymond Green, who uh, played a hell of a. Uh, elimination game. It reminded me of that 2016 game. I mean, he had seven threes in that game. He wasn't scoring this game, but he had the type of defensive effort and rebounding that could have won the game. I don't think he played his best game, but you can tell like he he was playing like his almost his career depended on it. So um, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, we got a few minutes. You know, why don't we just go to a, a call real quick? Uh, Mar and Vallejo is online one, so let's go to him. He wants to talk about the season at large. Hey, Mar, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. Hey, thanks for taking my call. First-time listener, actually, as well. Nice. So, um, you know, I, I'm actually not surprised by the way this season ended as a whole. Um, you know, the bench, we got to be honest here, the bench was never good to begin with, um, and fans got to realize that. And there was just a lot of expectations going in, obviously, uh, with the team already going to four straight finals, winning three already. Um I feel bad for KD and Clay. Also, not surprised by the decision that the Warriors want to retain them. But I'm going to put this out here, and it's going to be a very unpopular 
opinion just for the simple fact that, you know, we drafted these guys, but it wouldn't shock me if the Warriors decide to either trade one or the two of the likes of Andre or Draymond. Uh, both of these guys' contracts are coming up um, and try and get some assets out of it. I don't know if that's even worth the conversation right now, but I was, I'm not going to lie, I was one of those guys that was down to trade Monte when it did happen back then. And it was an unpopular opinion as well. So just kind of want to get you guys' take on that. I like Thanks, that. Mar. Um, I like that. We're going to get into that later in the show because uh, it is an interesting question. Uh, the reality is every player is going to be over 30 next year. Um, Draymond's coming up for contract. Iguodala will be 36. At some point, we've always known this core would either need to be supplemented or players from it would need to be traded. Um, to kind of keep the run going. Uh, and it kind of feels like we're getting to that point. So I want to hear from everyone uh, what they think the Warriors should do going forward. Uh, you'll listen to 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. I feel like I don't even need to introduce myself. I always go like, Warriors World Radio, Andy Liu, Sam Esfandiari. But it's like... I mean, we're introducing five to ten seconds before you save that. I know. It's like, what? I, I just realized that on our, like, 11th show or 12th show. Do other people do that? Do they just reintroduce themselves? Just redo it every time? All right, well, we'll do it again next time. No. Just keep, just we'll keep go, saying Andy we'll Lou. fake names yeah. going forward. You can introduce yourself as the guru. <laughs> Joe Lakeup on Warriors World Radio. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we're, uh, we're doing a three-hour show here, 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Uh, we're pretty much doing everything on the Warriors offseason, uh, what people feel about. We want people to call in and tell us what they feel about uh, the entire season as a whole, last season at Oracle. Um, and we've also brought someone via the dial pad from Warriors Outsiders, Drew Schiller. Sir, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, I uh, had to make the tough decision of pushing back when I could start drinking beers on Father's Day, my first Father's Day, because I... Aww. Like I just absolutely had to take advantage of the opportunity to join you guys on a Sunday afternoon. How could I pass this up? Especially with Game Seven starting in about forty-five minutes. Oh, stop so. it! Oh, how dare you! I mean, you uh, could have you could have just lied to us and said you haven't already started drinking beers. No one would have known any different. Yeah, well, let's see if I slur my words at all. <laughs> Did you get your Father's Day haircut yet, Drew? Um, I don't really see why you needed to take an unsolicited shot at me balding. But, um, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Oh man! Thanks for thanks for joining. I couldn't resist. Um, I know Grant would have been very proud of me for throwing that out there, so I had to. Uh... Absolutely, he's listening right now. I'm somewhere. <laughs> hey, uh, we we brought you on because we did want to get your temperature check on the Warriors right now. It's been a, a few days since they they've been eliminated. Uh, the last game at home at Oracle. So I'm going to start with a very uh, broad question. What are your thoughts, uh, kind of just on the Warriors right now so far? Well. I mean, losing the finals, obviously, um, disappointing um, from a Warriors perspective. However, what happened with Clay Thompson, I think, was, uh, was what everyone was thinking about um, and has been thinking about for the last 
uh, what, 72 hours or so, just because, um, you know, he's going to obviously miss the majority of next season, if not all of uh, next season, depending on where he's at with his rehab and where the Warriors are at in the standings. So um, these next couple weeks are going to be absolutely nuts. Um, you know, there's going to be a, a lot of roster shakeups, um, you would think. However, if KD decides to come back, and we assume that Clay is going to come back, um, you know, guys like Jordan Bell, Quinn Cook, they could return, but there's going to be, um, you know, some changes are, uh, along the peripheral uh, for sure. Uh, as Steve Kerr said the other day, the roster is going to look different. And then, of course, just throughout next year, not having Clay, um, you know, they're going to have to find a lot of shooting this summer. I think that's um, the the first priority is they need to be able to have guys on the floor who are threats from beyond the arc so that way Steph can't get double teamed and triple teamed and the spacing out there. It can't be non-existent, which we saw at some points during the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I want to I wanna ask about Clay and KD. Um, I honestly can't think of a team who's had a week like the Warriors have had where you don't have one, you have two players suffer devastating nine-plus-month plus injuries. Um, so I, I think the temperature of Warrior fans is generally just kind of they feel they feel for the players. Um, but moving forward, what are your realistic expectations for both players when they come back? They'll both be over 30. Are they going to be the same player, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is unprecedented, what the Warriors are, are dealing with. Two of the, you know... 15 to 20 best players uh, in the world. Katie, obviously, right there in the top two or three. Um, and they're both unrestricted for agents. I mean, it really is its just nuts. But, I mean, I think you guys would agree, um, despite the fact that, you know, the Achilles for KD and the ACL for Clay are serious. Like, if there are two guys who can come back and, you know, get back to at least close to the um, type of players they were before, it would be these guys because of their ability to shoot. Um you know, they're probably going to be a little bit limited when it comes to, um, you know, the way that they are able to attack the basket. But Clay doesn't really rely on that too much anyway. Um, and KD is just, you know, so unbelievable mid-range, and I think he's going to become an even better shooter through this injury. So I, I think that it's very fair to be optimistic about their ability to um, still get back to the level that they were at before. Um, I, I mean, there, there's no reason to have a doomsday mentality. It's just more disappointing that they are both losing a year off of their primes because, um, you know, that's just not what uh, you would expect them to be going through at this point. I mean, it, it really is wild. You know, Steph was talking the other day about how, you know, these guys were supposed to just have these awesome summers where they finally got these massive, massive contracts and they were going to be able to celebrate. And now they're looking at uh, some grueling rehab ahead of them. But um, I I think that people should be pretty optimistic about where they can get back to. Yeah, I'm with you on that. If it was, um, if they were players like uh, our old friend Monte Ellis, you know, kind of reliant on explosiveness, uh, I'd be a little more pessimistic, but you're talking about two of the greatest shooters of all time. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, Draymond, I, that's, I mean, before before you guys even ask about Draymond, like, man, he is such a massive variable this summer because I, I'm sure the Warriors are going to offer him the four-year, $100 million extension, which is the most that they can offer him. And if he decides to 
decline that and, you know, basically let everybody know that he wants to get to unrestricted free agency in the summer of 2020 just to increase his earning potential, that is going to complicate things, I'm sure, um, from the Warriors' uh, front office perspective uh, based on, you know, what they might do in the future. But if you're Draymond, I would assume that watching KD and Clay suffer these catastrophic injuries probably will impact his thought process when it comes to either agreeing to the extension or waiting until unrestricted for agency because I just don't know if if it's worth it for Draymond to, to wait until the summer of 2020. But then again, he might say, forget that. I'm betting on myself. Right. I'm not going to get injured, and I'm going to set myself up for an even bigger payday next summer. Well, it's, it's, it's almost – if he didn't sign with Clutch would be my, my thinking – my thought process because – the fact that he did sign with Clutch makes me think that, hey, he probably wants more freedom, right? And, and just kind of maybe more leverage in terms of getting the money that he wants or getting to maybe a team that he wants moving but I forward. Will, but I will say, um, you know, everyone thinks of kind of how LeBron uses his leverage as kind of being the Clutch playbook. Uh, that's more of just a LeBron playbook. Eric Bledsoe. Anthony Davis playbook. That's true, too. But Eric Bledsoe, who's also represented by Rich Paul, signed an early extension quietly uh, before he hit free agency this summer. So, you know, you never know. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll see. That will be interesting. But it's like, if that's the case, why'd you even sign with Clutch? What was the point? You could have gotten the same contract uh, with the agent Yeah, I think think it's mostly for off-the-court stuff. I think that Draymond wants to be affiliated with everything LeBron and Rich Paul are doing from a business perspective, just with Hmm. the entertainment world and the investment world. Um, But... You never know. I mean, stuff's obviously going on behind the scenes that uh, that we don't know about. And who knows? We might have a Draymond Green, Anthony Davis, LeBron James uh, <laughs> oh. in L.A. Per Drew Schiller sources, guys, cut that clip up, please. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna put Drew's name on it. Uh, we'll okay, make so, sure it gets aggregated. Yeah, we'll make sure, Drew. We got you. Um, Thank you. So okay, so let's talk about Draymond because. Uh, do you think moving forward that he can still be like, like what if, you know, in terms of the Warriors, they, they do get, you know, Kevin Durant and, and Clay signed to max extensions and they do get to keep them. Does Draymond Green become sort of expendable in that you no. do need other players? Um, go ahead. I felt like interjecting there right away. Please, yeah. I mean, I have a soft spot for Draymond. Um, I think that, like Steph, to a certain extent, he's just forever going to be underrated, and people aren't going to fully appreciate what he does. I mean, everyone knows that he's an incredible defensive player, but he, he's so unbelievably important to the Warriors' offensive identity as well with the way he pushes the ball and sets guys up for, for easy buckets. Um, I mean, he had 13 assists in Game 6. I know he had the eight turnovers, but uh, Draymond, even though conventional wisdom you know, says that because he's not a you know a pure shooter, because he's already had his body break down a little bit during the regular season, that he's just not going to age well. I, I'm just never ever going to bet against Draymond Green. I think that he will be able to tweak his game um, to you know be able to to age appropriately. I don't think he's ever going to be a 39 percent three point shooter again like he was in 2015-16. But I mean, if he needs to. I think he absolutely could get back to 36% consistently throughout um, the regular season. Also, I mean, I think with, with him, if the Warriors enter the playoffs as a seven seed, 
Uh, not saying that that's going to happen, but if they were to and then they get healthy at the right time, during the, it doesn't matter. They can go on the road and win any playoff game, any series. So I, I, I don't think that Draymond becomes expendable at any point for the Warriors. I think he's indispensable, and I think that at 29, he still has a lot of uh, good basketball ahead of him, like four, four or five years, um, where he can still be counted upon to, to play at a really high level. I feel a little dirty asking this question. Uh, Ask it. But with <laughs> with KD rupturing his Achilles, do you think that makes it more likely, less likely, or zero impact on him returning to the Warriors? I wish I could answer that question, but he's just such a, uh, a wild card. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you would think that, just the way that everything has transpired, not just his injury, but Clay going down, the Warriors not winning the championship. Um, I don't know if Anthony Davis going to the Lakers uh, changes anything from, from his perspective. Does Kyrie being all but linked to going to Brooklyn, does that impact KD? Because I, I don't think Durant's going to to the Nets. I think if he goes to New York, he's going to the Knicks. I don't think Rich Kleiman, um, that's, that's Knicks or, or nothing at all. Um, okay. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's going to be wild to see uh, how everything shakes out here over the next couple of weeks. But if you're, if you're Durant, do you, do you just take the, the player option and then assess where you're at physically oh boy. and mentally a year from now? Yeah. Or do you just simply say, look, I'm going all in right now and I'm coming back on a five-year, $221 million deal and I'm going to stay with Steph, Clay, and Draymond for the next four or five years and we're going to try to you know, get back to winning multiple championships. I just don't know, and I know you guys are in the same boat. Who knows what KD's going to do? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy, too, because – you know, for, for a lot of people that thought maybe he'd made up his mind already about going to the Knicks, man, it, it certainly doesn't feel that way anymore. It, it certainly seems like he he may not even have any idea where he's going to go at this point. And, and it's mid-June, right? Um, and the last time he made his decision, I believe, was July 4th, uh, 2016. So maybe just a few weeks away from us finding out where he's going to go. Um, well, and that, that's why in his defense, I, you know, now that so many crazy things have happened, this is why he always said, I nope. just want to wait until the end of the season. I want to see what happens with everything around the league before he makes his decision. And none of us could have ever predicted that all of these things would have happened. And so yep. remember, the only reason he came to the Warriors in 2016 to begin with was because the Warriors lost to the Cavs. If the Warriors win that title, he does not come to Golden State. Um, so... He wanted all of the information at his disposal, and we still don't have all that information. He wants to see what um, these other big free agents do. He wants to, I'm sure, uh, talk to some of them to see what they're thinking. As crazy as that sounds, I think that that obviously goes on. And uh, and then he'll come to a decision. But he has already said he cannot be recruited um, by, like, organizations. Like, it's going to be just what he wants to do after collaborating with, uh, with his team, and uh, they'll go from there. Yeah, so no, that's uh, that that's a good one, and and because I I am curious to um, his thought process, he is more beloved now, I think, at this point in his career, maybe than than ever. Uh, maybe maybe besides his first year in OKC, but um, let's uh let let's spin this another way. 
uh, Drew, as you are our, our resident G League uh, expert. <laughs> the Warriors do have a draft coming up. I don't know when it is. Who cares about the draft? Sam is a big draft guy. Um, the NBA draft is on Thursday, Andy. Wait, what? It's this Thursday? Four days away. Wow. Okay, so perfect. No wonder Sam made me ask this question. Um, so it's, uh, what do you think the Warriors are looking at? And this is a tee up for your question of that one guy that you like, I forget his name. Uh, but who do the Warriors like? Who are they looking to draft? <laughs> Sam loves it. Uh, well, I can't pretend like I watched a lot of college basketball <laughs> this year and that I know all of the, um, uh, profiles of all the guys in the late twenties, but you got to assume that they're, that they're going to look at someone who can shoot it. Right. I mean, they, they, Jacob Evans last year. Um, they knew that he's not a, a knockdown shooter. They they tweaked his mechanics a little bit, and he definitely improved down in Santa Cruz as the season went on. But back to what you know we talked about at the very beginning, they need shooting. I mean, they already were so top heavy with Steph Clay and Durant, and two of those guys are are not going to be there for the majority of next season. So I I think it's got to be someone who. Um, they forecast as a guy who can face the floor and make three-pointers as a rookie, like, right away. So how many of those guys are available at 28 and then late in the, uh, in the second round when they pick again? Um, that, that's what makes it so hard uh, in the draft, especially when you're so good during the regular season because you're not picking high up. But um, I think it's got to be shooting. I mean, they, they just – as of right now, the roster. Let's get you out there, Drew. Hey, you know? Media champion, NBA media champion. Come MVP on. of the media game. Come on. The only player hoping. capable of hitting a three off the dribble in the media game. Whew. Legend. I was hoping that Bob and Steve were watching the live stream and maybe they uh, were, were getting their hopes up. But uh, I, I'm not a minimum contract guy. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to meet the, tax, the taxpayer mid-level. All my friends know Drew, by the way, Sam. They all know him. The guy is a legend, a barrier legend. So. Um, Drew, Drew, before we get you out of here, um, it, it's kind of a weird mood with how the season ended, but I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on your, your favorite moment uh, of the last year. I'm assuming it wasn't the last two games, but what was kind of your favorite moment of this last season? My favorite moment? Favorite wow. moment, game, um, you know, you can pick anything. You, I mean, the- KD calling out reporters at the press conference, whatever you want. Reporters or Ethan Strauss? <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, I think he was. I think he was talking to one guy in particular. Um, I mean, the easy answer to that is Game Six in Houston, right? I mean, is that would that be the one that jumps out to you guys? Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. For me, it would. For me, it would be just kind of Game Six on, uh, even down to the injuries. Just kind of they everything went wrong and they kept fighting through it. It, it's hard to have any sort of um, negative feelings or, or just feeling like they left something on the table is kind of where I'm at with it. In 2016, I was like, yep. they left it on the yep. table. In 2019, over the last six weeks, I'm like, they didn't leave anything on the table. No, I'm with you. And Okay, how about a boring answer here? I go back to like the beginning of the season when they started 10-1, and one, mm-hmm. and Steph and KD were both averaging yeah. like 30 points per game. And, like, there was an actual question, like, can they both do that for an entire season? And it seemed it seemed like it was truly possible. And then Steph has the, the left groin strain and, you know, things got kind of um, thrown off kilter from there. But uh, I, I'm with you. I mean, and it's, 
the disappointing part of that answer is that it involves KD not being on the court. It was, right. you know, it was how they rallied around him going down. Um, but man, Game Five in Toronto. I mean, I, we can we'll never forget that night with KD um, suffering the injury and just how catastrophic that was and how bad everybody felt for him. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was the season was such a blur, yeah. and you know, it was it was a grind to a certain yeah. extent. It wasn't like there was a ton of of joyous moments throughout, but um, somehow they were happiest at the end. Yeah. When it was all over, and they, and they got through everything. Um, it's straight okay, out of a story. They'll do a thirty for thirty one day. It's a real moment. Yeah. How about Bob Myers after Game Six, last game in Oracle, just sitting up in the stand by himself drinking a Corona. You know, deal, you know, thinking about everything that happened with KD and Clay and what's going to happen moving forward. I mean, I think that picture um, is going to. I don't think it circulated on social media the way it probably should have. Oh yeah, I didn't it was, post that, Drew. No, I didn't see it until like forty eight hours after it happened. Yeah. So, kind of to your point, um, credit Bob for for not going for something harder in that. I would have. Yeah, I, I, I kind of would have wanted <laughs> a, oh, yeah. a glass of bourbon or something. Given how just the glass the last week went. Yeah. I would say a bottle to the bottle. Class. I was going to say a bottle, maybe. Um, hey, Drew, we don't want to. We've taken up too much of your time on your first Father's Day. Thanks for coming on, brother. We'll we'll hear from you soon, huh? Sounds good, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch over the next couple weeks. Have a good one, Drew. All right, guys. Thanks, Drew Schiller, Warriors outsider expert. I'm surprised you didn't bring up Samaj, whatever whatever his name is, that the kid that the Warriors are quote unquote hiding. There's been articles written about him, Alan Schmidt. I'll, I'll wait for him to text me the phonetic pronunciation yes, of correct. it. Uh, but correct. he's projected a late second round. So ah, really? I don't think that's um, ah, see, that's how that's much I'm talking about. That's how much um, I know. Um, hey, we got a few minutes before we go to break, Sam. I found this pretty interesting. Um, you asked a question to Drew whether you know the injury makes it less or more likely that he comes back um, as a free agent. I think it's more likely. It's just the first initial thought because – did you hear the reaction around the league when he tore that Achilles when he came back, you know, from a month and, and tore that Achilles on like after 10 minutes? Everybody loves Kevin Durant now. <laughs> after a few years of people just throwing shots at him for no reason, everybody loves him. Yeah, I um, thought um, Jalen Rose uh, said it best when he, he called it all fake. Everyone <laughs> spends three years questioning his character. Right. Um, you know, if he if he wants it bad enough, right. uh, criticizing everything he does, and then the minute he gets hurt, you know, everyone pretends they didn't say it's that guilt, stuff. You know, guilt, right? It's like the fake sympathy kind of thing. And and you know, if Katie was ever going to leave and he didn't get hurt, you know, that might have been one of the reasons. Not maybe not the main reason, but one of the reasons why. Um, and so now that that's out of the way, and you said it too, man, like. The Warriors lost. They are not the favorites next year. They didn't win this year, right? Who knows when they'll make it back again? I think I think Clay said it best um, in the early part of the Toronto series. He basically said, you know, uh, we, Kevin's our best player. With him, we're one of the greatest teams of all time. Without him, we're still really good, but we're not one of the greatest teams of all time. Yep. So he's basically saying, you know, we we can compete without him. But he's he's the guy who makes us a title team. Yep. He's the team. He's the guy who makes us one of those historic teams. A certain title team, yep. That puts us in that conversation with a you know Jordan's Bulls, yep. Magic's Lakers, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. yep. Like there's very little chance they lose with Kevin Durant. 
when, when they're all like those ten minutes that they played against Toronto when he when he was on the floor was ridiculous. Yeah, we were both saying to each other, "It's they're gonna they're yeah. they'll they'll win three in a row, or they should win three in a yeah. row. They can yeah. win three in a row. Is, I guess the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean it's as close as you should win three in a row down three one, and no team in history you could say that about. But with Kevin Durant on with those guys, it's it's not even close. So. Uh, we'll head to break here. On the other side, uh, make sure to call in 888-957-9570. Text in Chone Auto Body text line 95795. We'll keep going here. Call in. Tell us what you think about Kevin Durant, your favorite memories this season, last season at Oracle. And what do um, you think the Warriors should do going into the offseason? You're listening to Warriors World Radio. Back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Andy, so we got some, uh, we got open phones for the next 30 minutes. Uh, we're going to kind of, we're kind of recapping the Warriors season here. Want to uh, hear By the way, thoughts? I saw you shaking your head, Sam. So. <laughs> you like on the, the song? You like the beat. Yeah, you like the beat. It's good. I have no, I have no complaints. What um, did you think about uh, Porter's world set last night? Porter Robinson's world set last night. Did oh, you, you know, like I was it? into it. Yeah, did you enjoy it? Pretty cold in Oakland, but you know, it. I was front and center. I didn't have time to talk to you. <laughs> VIP only. <laughs> um, if you want to join the show, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero, or text the Chilton Auto Body text line nine five seven nine five. Andy, I want to read this text from the six seven eight. Uh, do you guys think the Warriors should legitimately consider load management for Stefan Draymond next season? This core has been playing 100 games a year for five years. That's a ton of wear and tear. It's a great question. It's a great question. But here's the thing. If they play load management for, for Stefan Draymond, you are essentially asking the Warriors to lose games on purpose. Right? Because Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson are obviously not playing. Quinn Cook is not car- – Jacob Evans is not carrying the team to victories. I don't you care. Can't, you can't be asking. Um, it is not happening. And so that's what uh, Drew Schiller was saying on our last segment. Uh, it's going to be fascinating what they do this summer because beyond how the season ended, the biggest theme was this team had no depth. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always expected when you have four, five stars that end up Taking up the whole cap, it's hard to sign guys. You don't have uh, yep. you don't have money left over to go get a um, I don't know an Austin Rivers uh, or a, a Fred Van Vliet, or a Fred Van Vliet or a uh, Serge Ibaka yeah. or you know it, they made a decision to be top heavy, which works until those top heavy guys go down. Yeah, very simply, very simply put. So I mean, is there a chance, Sam, that the Warriors will look at? Getting a lottery pick? I Are you talking about a mini tank? A some people have asked. Tank? Some people have brought it up. Some fans have brought it up. Not like not to say like they should do it, but the fact like they have they might have no choice but to do it because what you're gonna run Steph and Draymond into the ground next season and make the postseason? So so let me hear this straight. Your theory is just play him fifty five games. Take those twenty five losses that are gonna come from sending out lineups with 
none of the core four because obviously Clay and KD are going to miss the year. Yeah. Um, and we don't even know if they're going to be back. But let's just, even if they are back, they're still not going to play for a year. Yep. Um, and just kind of go through the year, maybe hope to develop some guys, take the losses, maybe get that lottery pick um, to give you a nice young player to go forward with when everyone's back in the following year. Is that is that what we're talking about? <laughs> so they end up drafting. Yeah, I mean, that's that would be – I think a lot of people – I don't think anyone wants to watch that. No. No, I think a lot of people understand it. So that's the thing, and, and you can kind of compare it. And Nico and Daily City, we'll get to you in a few in a few seconds here. Uh, we'll finish this thought, but the the thing is, the Warriors are moving to Chase Center. They're moving to San Francisco. It's a brand new arena. You almost cannot be a lottery team in a brand new arena, especially after you just made five finals. I do, however, think that. Yeah, you can't do the process. You cannot. You absolutely cannot. And you got Steph Curry. You can't do the process with a with a guy in his prime like that. But I do think fans are smart. And I think one of the reasons, you know, the, the San Francisco Giants kind of messed up is they won a lot of titles, but they also kind of took the fans and they said, hey, they almost acted like they were dumb and said, we're going to want to stay competitive or fake competitive because we want them in the seats. Now, ended up now, you know, Sam is an A's fan. The Giants are terrible. And there, nobody goes to the games now because they tried to kind of hold on for too long. Um, so that's a, that's an interesting analogy because to me, the defining thing about the Giants is they had this nice core that obviously won a title, never the best team in the league. That would be three titles. Yeah. Uh, but they um, they c- consistently traded future picks to add veterans around a core that was getting older. Yep, that wasn't. They were never that good. They upside were, was yeah. never that good. Yeah. And now you're in a situation where you have, uh, I don't know, a Brandon Belt, a Crawford, Posey off a yeah. hip surgery, all these yeah. guys in their yeah. 30s with these contracts that no other team wants yep. and no young players. And that's where you get kind of like, well, it might be four years before they're good again. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Warriors want to go down that path, especially entering a new arena. So the question becomes, what do you do? Do you consider maybe shopping a Draymond? Um, maybe shopping Iguodala, uh, sending him to a team that might be contending for some draft picks. Um, consider the fact that this year is kind of a lost year because Clay won't play because if KD resigns, he definitely won't play. Yep, yep. And you know, hope to get as many pieces so when everyone's back the following year, you're set up to go forward and compete for another five, six years. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's tough. We got. I do want to. I do wonder what the people think. 888-957-9570. Now we've got some phone calls. Now we can take them all back to back to back. All right, let's start with Nico and Daily City. Let's talk, let's talk about Duran and Clay. How you doing? What's up? What's up, guys? Good. How are you guys, man? First of all, happy Father's Day if you guys are fathers and have babies. Ooh. Nope. Nope, but we appreciate it. <laughs> happy Father's Day to all the fathers. You listening. too, brother. <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, so I just wanted to uh, talk about Clay and Durant, man. I'm a Warriors fan. I went to Game Six. I was there cheering them on, and I just wanted to say uh, I'm not. I have nothing against Raptors. You know, I have nothing against anybody. But I give Raptors credit. You know, you know they didn't come into the game. Nick Nurse didn't come into this game saying, "Hey, look, KD might get injured. Clay Thompson might get." I mean, KD was already injured, but Clay might get injured. You know. You know, it is what it is. I give the Raptors credit. I don't, I just, what, what I'm trying to say is I don't like hearing people say, oh, what if, well, well if KD was there and we're going to win it, but nobody knows that. 
Nobody knows. It is what it is. It comes with the territory. Injuries come with the territory. It's sad. It's really sad. But I just really wanted to say that, you know, I, I'm tired of hearing other Warriors fans. Look, I don't say I'm a big Warriors fan. Man. Like I told you, I was at game six. That's the only game I could have gone to because it works. But, you know, I don't like hearing people saying, oh, well, if Katie was there, then this and this. But, it, but he wasn't there. That's the main thing. He wasn't there. I give Raptors credit. They played their asses. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Nico. Say that word. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah, but um, you know they played their butts off, man. Like, and I give them credit. And Nick Nurse, who knows what what Nick Nurse would have done if KD was there and Clay was there. But see, my my other thing is, I'll make this short. My other thing is, what if KD played and Thompson played? And look, I love him to death, man. And and the Raptors still won. Then what would have been our excuse? Thank you, Nico. Uh, great um, call. It's a great call. That is a great call. Uh, I do agree with him. I, I have zero interest in, you know, pulling a 2015 Cavs fan and talking about how uh, the Warriors would have won if, if there weren't injuries. There were injuries. It happens. Um, I think Warrior fans more feel just bad for the players because these aren't – this wasn't a situation where Clay sprained his ankle is going to be out for three weeks – but you know he's he's cool by July first, so it sucks he missed the finals. But you know he's fine. He, he suffered a devastating injury that's going to take nine plus months to rehab. Um, if you want to join the show, you can call in eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero or text into the Chilton Auto Body text line nine five seven nine five. From the text line, the four and five asks, "Isn't there a decent chance that Katie and Clay could be back for a two thousand twenty playoff run?" Uh, Clay will be back. Clay, Clay is possible. Uh, ACL is nine to twelve months. Um, usually twelve months is usually more nine. So nine would be after the All Star break. <laughs> he could be back in March. Um, KD, no chance. Achilles, um, it, it's far more severe. Uh, it's just you know, even if he can kind of get on the court in a light sense, no one's going to have him playing fifteen minutes a game in a May playoff. Game. Yeah. So I, I. I Disagree that with you. I mean, this is given that KD's back on the team, obviously. But um, I think he should be able to play basketball by then, maybe well before then. Sure. But he won't be able to play playoff basketball. And I don't think after what happened this season, Sam. Correct. Yeah, that's not happening. I don't think the Warriors are throwing Kevin Durant out there in a second-round series against LeBron and Anthony Davis when he just came out. You know, when he just came off an Achilles tear and what happened this postseason. So, yeah, I'm with you. I I don't think if KD resigns, you're not seeing him next season. And you shouldn't. You you absolutely shouldn't. Because what if he, you know, pulls a hammy or he gets another injury? Might not be as bad, but it's like at that point, it's... Here's the thing. I don't even think of Rick Celebrini, who's the Warriors head trainer. I don't even think he's going to be back. Like, I have no idea. They, they have his back as of now, but would you bring that guy back? Like, after what happened this season, if it's his fault or not, I don't I don't know. Well, Andy, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to make those judgments. But, I mean, it does. You're on the radio. <laughs> it doesn't look great, but, I mean, he is very well regarded. Um, Steve Nash and Steve Kurtz swear by him. Uh, I would be careful in putting blame on the Warriors trainer, especially when you are aware that they go out and get multiple consultations from specialists. Sure. Yeah, so it seems sure. that's one of those things where you're looking for someone to blame. And I do that well. <laughs> I do that well. But you know, I, I don't feel comfortable talking about it. If we if we find out something like there was some sort of misdiagnosis, then we can have that conversation. But I think it's really reckless to make those kinds of at Sam points. Playing the politics well. I love that. 
I'm with you, Sam. Saving saving my back. See you hear that? That's that's what the that's what Warriors Radio is here for. All right, we've uh, let's keep going here. We got a uh, is Kurt in Oakland the next one up? Yes. Okay, let's go to Kurt in Oakland. Kurt, how's it going? What you got for us? Hey guys, thanks thanks for taking my call. Um, do we lose you? Oh no, <laughs> Kurt, call back. We'll push you to the front of the phone line if you do. Uh, in the meantime, let's go to Vernon in San Francisco. Vernon, how's it going? It's going good, guys. Listen, I've been listening to both of you since day one of you coming on and uh, doing your thing. And Thank you, I, Vernon. I think you have a special tack. And, and there's there's something about what ha- what took place with Katie going down and with, with uh, Clay going down. And, and I, I played football at college. I, I'm a coach. I understand sports. And, and something happened. In, in this this season with the Warriors that took sports to its heart. And, and what I mean by that is it didn't matter that we didn't win. It's not always about winning. It's about everybody gathering together and being a brother or a sister. And that's what everybody felt. When Bob was sitting in the, in the bleachers with his corona, when when everybody was looking for words, it's very hard to find you know, any way to explain what takes place when something larger than winning. When KD went down after everybody attacking him all year, when Clay not only went down, but they told him to go into the, into the uh, locker room, and he ran out. He ran back out and, and shot those two free throws because they said they had to do it. And the guy's running on a, on a ruptured ACL. Uh, this, is not, this is not science fiction, but this is true heart and soul of the, of, the, of the sports in the 49ers, the Giants, the A's, the Warriors. And I'm just saying that what people need to do is calm down a little bit. Clay's coming back. KD's coming back. We're going to have another championship warrior team. I love it's it. It's deeper. It's deeper than winning. Thank you, Vernon. We're getting some good calls today. What Vernon says, basically the impression I've got from every Warriors fan over the last week and kind of how I feel. It's really hard to to even care that they lost the finals when so many bigger things happened. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ Woo! FM, and HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. Um, I love when you do the pause. <laughs> like, you do the pause, and then you just go right in it. It's just, it's like perfect execution. I go to my uh, elevator voice. Um, Every week. I want to get back to what Vernon was saying. When he mentioned Clay, we didn't even talk about this yet, because there's been so much to go into. Clay coming out on a torn... ACL to take the free throws and then trying to play through it. I mean, I don't think there's a better summation of Clay's toughness than that. I want to get to what Bob Myers said. You know, the the most common conversation I had last night with everybody was that we were we were just out of words. We were out of emotion. I mean, it was just I don't know how it, it, you know, as a human being, you can only process so much. And then winning and losing is an emotional event. So just Seeing him back there and 
you know, figuring it might be an ACL, but not being sure. And I mean, for me, growing up, going to Warriors game, I'll never forget him walking out and shooting those free throws. Um, just as a fan, right? I don't get to be a fan that much. But um, the the beauty of Clay was, I said, "How you feeling?" And he said, "Can't believe we lost that game." <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that tells you everything you need to know. Bob Myers. I don't think there's any person in the world that sounds like he's just about to start crying more than Bob Myers. It's, I mean, he cried at the yeah. KD press conference. But, yeah, I mean, there are just so many uh, emotions. There are just so many moments in this last week. I mean, yeah. do you remember how excited you felt when you saw KD warming up? And then to see him hit his first three shots in a row? Um I mean, it was a roller coaster of a week emotionally. I think Bob Myers said it. He said winning and losing is emotional, and a person can only process so much. Yeah. That's, uh, it, it was a crazy week. And that Oracle crowd, too, was fantastic when Clay came back, right? I think that that chair was one of the uh, uh, seminal moments, I think, of that night. And I remember watching it in person. He wasn't limping significantly <sighs> more than yeah. he was kind of limping the last three games, you know, because he was dealing with the aggravated hamstring, so it was unclear. Um, and I thought he was going to play through it. I didn't I didn't know what it was, obviously. You know, when you're in the arena, you see him go down, you see him grab his knee, oh, no. And then he walks back out, hits the free throws, and comes back. The crowd was wild. Yeah. And, you know, then you get the report afterwards, and you're like, man, it really was the worst-case thought I had when I saw him go down. Yeah. He was shaking that knee off after the free throws, and Boogie's looking at him like, what are you doing? Like, you knew it was bad for Clay because you never see Clay scream in pain, or you never see him show emotion when he gets hurt. And he was on the ground slamming the hardwood, and I, you just knew that it was it was going to be bad. But a great moment. turned out to be a great moment, but, you know, long-term, um, we're, we're going to have to wait a while to see him come back. So let's keep going. Uh, let's go to Janet in Oakland. Janet, how you doing? Uh, hey, I'm good. Thank you for taking the call. I love listening to you guys. You've kind of taken over um, uh, the NPR for me during the Warriors oh, season. I love that. Um, but but I, I just wanted to say, I, my big concern is I, I absolutely love them. They show their heart. They're amazing. And I think they'll come back. I think my biggest concern is that they not wear out, you know, Steph and Draymond during the season, just trying to, to hold it down until Katie and uh, Clay come back. Because I think the main thing is they're going to come back, and they're going to come back stronger than ever because they've got that drive, they're passionate, and they know the game like nobody else. But I just hope management can figure out how to get a stronger bench so that we do have strength in numbers again and so they Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.